Hello and welcome on in, guys. This is another episode of Stacking Dubs. I'm your host, Chris Chin. Thanks for joining me today. Great day yesterday. The Warriors beat the Jazz 129-107. to Warriors' fifth win in a row, 7 of 8, and 4 in a row on the road. Brings the Warriors to 26-25. and into 10th place and most importantly we are back above 500 it has felt like quite some time i don't know the last time i celebrated being above 500 but the way this feels the momentum the warriors have had the past couple of weeks and even a month now things are all going the right way and it does just feel like part of the progression to becoming a a playoff team a playoff contender now that we're no longer a team below mediocrity, I think there's just that little extra ray of confidence around this team uh, and its identity in being over 500. And well, I think for many of us, it's a, a nice reprieve from the heartache that happened on Sunday with our poor 49ers. Hard fought battle. We're not going to get too much into it. Just know it was nice to have it sandwiched between two good Warriors wins, that of beating the, the Suns on Saturday in a great game at home, and then really packing it up, heading out to Utah, playing at altitude. A lot of people don't know that Salt Lake City is at altitude. 1,300 meters, which I believe, if my off the top of my head math is, is correct, is like 42, 4,300 feet of elevation. So not that much further off of, of mile high in Denver there, but nevertheless, getting on the road for a one game road trip, coming off of a big win against a, a hard fought opponent in the Suns on Saturday, definitely thought this might be a game where the Warriors might have a little bit of a let up, a let down, but that wasn't the case. The Warriors brought the defensive intensity from the get go. And aside from Draymond Green's early foul trouble, where the defense sort of caved in a little bit and had to figure out a new way to stay connected on the back end, things things righted the, sh the ship got righted. Things went smoothly. The defense held intact most of the night. Couple key moments where the Jazz had something going, only to re-enter Gary Payton the second uh, to slow down Jordan Clarkson. Uh, your your Kamingas and your Wigginses of the world did a very good de defensive job against Markinen. It was truly a strength in numbers effort for the Warriors tonight. And that really has been the theme this whole season. I don't know if we realize that. Well, we realize the bench was has been deep and been playing well, but it hasn't felt like strength in numbers because the starting lineup actually hasn't been that effective until recently. Once Draymond returned, once we came back from our from our 10-day off break, everything's changed in terms of the culture, especially within that starting lineup. We're, found, we're finding combinations that work, and everyone's carving out a role. And most importantly, the I think that we're doing a very good job of playing guys in certain matchups. And if they have it going that night, or they found a role or a matchup that we like, we're sticking with it. Everyone has a role to play. We're playing the hot hand. In the beginning of the season, it seems so scattered and who's playing when, who's the closing lineup. But when you start winning and lineups start clicking and, and matchups start being more favorable, now that, that strength in numbers, now that depth really is a tool and a weapon. GP2 is a weapon. 
coming right off the bench, second game back. He's played, he played 11 minutes and had 11 points on four or four shooting in his two games back, 22 minutes, 22 points, nine of nine from the field and is a, just his normal defensive stalwart self as self as the point of attack, great energy, few big dunks, great finishes, just absolute stud and a weapon coming back for hopefully what is the rest of the season to be used in that anywhere from 12 to, to 25 minute roll, depending on what the matchup dictates. TJD. Wow. Didn't see the court until midway through the third quarter comes in, plays nine minutes, has 11 points, four rebounds, four, four from the field, a block, a plus 14 had some big minutes in the fourth quarter. As we headed down into clutch time, Really was the difference in this game in a matchup against a very big Jazz team with two seven-footers, one of the best rebounding teams in the league with the Warriors. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But TJD came in, instant impact on both sides of the floor. He's the one center we have outside of Draymond Green that is a two-way contributor. He can give you a lob threat and finish on offense, and he can give you rim protection on defense. Our other, our other centers, Looney is really just a one-way defensive center. Sarge is a one-way offensive center. Having TJD available, even if he just carves out a six to nine minute roll in, in some matchups, it doesn't even have to be in every matchup. That is also a very unique weapon that the Warriors have. And tonight it turned out to be one of the best weapons and they employed it. And it they stuck with it, most importantly, and it was effective and kept the Warriors at that that close to 10-point lead that was starting to slip away early in the fourth quarter. So great strength in numbers effort. None the least, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson had a there's a report before the game. I don't know when this was actually said, but Clay Thompson more or less acknowledged that he would accept a reduced role if it meant staying with the Warriors in the long run. And I guess as a fan, it was just nice to hear that Clay is accepting of this and he's there. And he mentioned, you know, Ray Allen as, as a potential role. As you get older, you you understand that, you know, you're not going to be the number two option every night or even most nights. Even if he can just be a, a an off-ball shooter where they're chasing him around, providing spacing, He's attacking the mid-range like he did tonight. I think he had eight two-pointers tonight on his way to 26 points. Great game by Clay. Uh, in only 30 minutes, 26 points on 11 of 19 from the field. That role, right? What does that role look like? What What is he on defense anymore? We'll, we'll see. I, I think he's still a, a middle-of-the-road defender. He got blown by a couple times on defense. But he, he holds strong against bigger bigger offensive players. We've talked about this before, but that's the role I could see him in, in a three and D more of a true three and D role, not as glorified as in the past, but nevertheless, just really nice to hear Clay say it, accept it. And as Draymond said, after the game, we have a lot of young players like your Kamingas, your Pajemskis that you see them growing into their roles. Well, with Clay, it's so interesting because he, at 34 years old, is still is now just starting to grow into his new role. The the post injury, past prime Clay, what we're still growing as individuals. I'm I'm 38 years old. I'm still growing every day or so. I would I would like to think, 
it's, we're always a work in progress. And to know that Clay is, you know, starting to see that uh, shows me a little bit of maturity and quite frankly, the, the growth that we need to see from him in a role that would be a winning role rather than relying on him to be our second scorer and taking 20 shots a game, unless he's hot like last night. And then you can be killer Clay, take 19 shots, hit 11 of them keep hunting that mid-range, find ways to make plays for others. If that's the clay we're going to get, that's the clay that can play, that can close. And just like I talked about GP2 and TJD being weapons in their own right, clay's the ultimate weapon. Other than Steph Curry, and maybe it's even, that nobody can get hotter and change a game in the blink of an eye with three-point shooting and just scoring in general than Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson in this game had in the third quarter got it going and you just feel the face of the game shifting. Sure, he may have forced a couple unbalanced tough shots, but when he has it going, he is the best weapon you can possibly have on the offensive end. The spacing he provides and just some points with Steph Curry on the bench. Huge, huge minutes in that span. He doesn't even have to have it the whole game. I just want to see little spurts of it where, hey, Clay's going to take five of the next seven or eight shots that the Warriors have, get us some high efficiency. That's a contribution to the game. Cool off a little bit. Great job. Kenny Atkinson pulled him out, got him out of there for the third or for the beginning of the fourth, normal rotation minutes, but don't push it to where Clay is taking, you know, that extra two or three forced shots uh, and now really reverting back to, to a lower field goal percentage. So all that being said, Clay Thompson, great game, needed it. Even got a nice little cherry pick three uh, cherry pick layup at the end of the third. Get back on defense. But if we can get Clay just a freebie once, once a week, I'm okay with it. Keep his confidence up, keep his scoring going. I think every now and then a little cherry pick bucket, good for the soul. Going back to the idea of strength and numbers, the coaching did a great job tonight. Kenny Atkinson filling in for Steve Kerr off in Serbia for for DM's funeral. Did a great job not only managing Dre's foul trouble, which has to be an interim head coach's worst nightmares when you're one of the best players gets in foul trouble early and all your rotations are and your preconceived notions of your rotations are messed up for the game. He did a good job managing that. He did a great job finding minutes for the players that were playing well. You don't know if TJD is going to come in and ball out like he did, but he did. And he found minutes for him in the fourth quarter. He found minutes for GP2 when Clarkson was going off. Hey, let's get let's get our stopper back in there. Kaminga didn't really have it going tonight. Atkinson wasn't shy about playing the players that were hot. Kaminga didn't really play that much down the stretch, which usually we have a problem with. But I have learned to have enough trust in this in these rotations and our coaches to start going with the hot hand, start using the strength and numbers and the depth and the weapons that we have. And it seems like finally it's clicking as each lineup and each pairing of players starts to get more comfortable, more chemistry together, especially connecting on the defensive end. Now that unlocks so many different lineups that we can play together and really start to, to exploit matchups and use the weapons that we have. So great job to the coaching staff tonight. Really found the minutes for those that deserve them. Manage a tough situation with Draymond. The pieces are all there. With the Warriors, they have every piece they need, aside from maybe a big center, which we're going to talk about in just a second. Can we figure out how to play, call it the chess pieces correctly? 
we, you know, we have the superstar, we have the defensive structure, we have defensive stoppers, we have shooters, we have a couple two-way players. We could always use more, but because of our lack of, of true two-way players, we've had to figure out how to piece these, these puzzles together, especially if someone doesn't have it going that night. So that's going to be something that we'll see if the Warriors can continue to do. So far in the past month, they've been calling all the right all the right numbers and really just putting the right lineups together for success, especially on the defensive end. So, as I mentioned, the size issue with the Warriors. It, are the Warriors too small? That's really the question because everyone's been saying it all year. Yes, I know we don't have a true center on the in the entire on the entire roster, but are the Warriors actually too small? Heading into this game, they were tied with the Jazz for second in the league in rebounding. Yes, this is the Jazz who have two seven footers, Kessler and Markinen, two seven footers, and John Collins is six nine. The Warriors' tallest player in the starting lineup is six foot seven, and Draymond Green. It's Yes, we are small. And yes, at times we lack rim protection. But the rebounding has never been an issue this year. The rebounding has been there. The offensive rebound, the hustle, the tenacity, that has really made up for the difference of being too small. And I think that is and can be both the biggest weapon for the Warriors when it works, but also the most glaring, obvious Achilles heel when it doesn't work. Draymond Green fixes all that. He plays so much bigger than he is. Pajemski plays much bigger than he is as a 6'4 guard. He plays like a 6'8 wing. The Wiggins-Kaminga pairing has been playing bigger. They've been rebounding. They give you a little bit of rim protection. All these things combined is why the Warriors are able to withstand their size disadvantage and still compete in terms of size. Like Draymond said after the game, it really starts with stops on defense. It's keeping people in front of you. Once that that point of attack gets broken down and, and your perimeter is broken, that's when everything collapses. That's when even if a guy misses a shot or, or a layup, that's when the rebounds are just loose because you're out of position. You're not boxing out. So it's so important that we stay in front of players and also that our guards, our wings are coming back for the ball, not leaking out. It's a, they've made a point of emphasis that the, the guards need to come back and rebound and secure the ball. We always want to get out and run, yes, but you can't run until you secure the ball. And it seems very much so like the Warriors have started to do that. So going forward, I know we still had our struggles with teams like the Wolves, like the Thunder, um, the Cavs, you know, these teams with some bigs and athletic bigs in particular, we're still going to have to figure that out. But tonight was encouraging, at least from a rebounding standpoint. No, Markinen and Kessler aren't the most athletic seven-footers, but the Warriors are finding ways to do it. And when all else fails against these big teams, you always just rely on zigging where they zag, when they zag, right? If we're not going to be big enough, we need to space the floor. We need to run them to death and we need to hit some threes. Tonight, Warriors, three-point shooting hit 23s, 45% from three. That is usually a winning combination. Steph Curry, wow, we went a long time without talking about Steph Curry, who only had 25 points, six rebounds, a double-double, had 10 assists, Made seven three-pointers, including five in the fourth quarter. 
essentially iced the game midway through the fourth quarter. Just came in when uh, came in in place of Clay, who was formerly on a heater. Curry just comes in, starts draining, puts the game out of reach. Curry plus thirty in this game tonight. It's his third straight game with seven three pointers. It's the only player to do it this year. I think the stat was it's only been done 10 times in history that a player's had seven or more threes in three straight games. Steph Curry is responsible for five of those runs out of 10 of the history of the game. I believe Clay's done it maybe once, Dame. It's always those two and then a couple others. This is also a crazy one. In the last three games, Steph Curry has 97 points. He's made 27 threes and only two free throws. That guy just doesn't ever get a call. It's the craziest thing. For all the touch fouls and little, little just all the reasons wrong with the NBA for calling too many fouls, Steph Curry just does not get a whistle. It's just brutal to me. I hate it, but you know what? It doesn't seem to phase him. He figures it out because Steph Curry, just another game of greatness, really cooking, really locked in. Kind of a slow start in this one, but again, just been locked in the past few weeks. Andrew Wiggins, good game. 17 points. He was also three of three on threes and a plus 31. And yes, Andrew Wiggins missed a, missed several layups this game, but I want to talk about Wiggins' shooting from three. Wiggins' three-point shooting might be the single most important contributor to our offense. That starting, that closing lineup, it's all based on spacing for Steph Curry and Draymond Green. You're going to get that four on four on three anytime they were spamming that that Curry pick and roll. And I would assume most defenses with Clay's in there, you're just not leaving Clay ever. So that really falls on Wiggins for spacing. He is going to get kind of like Iguodala in our dynasty years, but we're still in our dynasty. But Iguodala in the early dynasty years, he's going to get plenty of chances to eat from open three. And if he can just knock down he doesn't even have to shoot his 39% he's been shooting the past two years. If you can just knock it down at a 36 to 37% clip, now that offense is a high efficiency offense. You're going to get that all the time. And most importantly, you're providing the spacing that you need for Steph Curry and Draymond Green to operate down the lane. The importance of Wiggins shooting three is, again, the most important thing. And it's why you see the Warriors really on a win streak because Wiggins threes amongst other things, including the emergence of Jonathan Kaminga and the return of Draymond Green. But Wiggins really finding that three-point shot and then subsequently being able to attack off of that three-point shot, maybe he'll start finishing some layups because, man, it's just it's been a struggle this year. But really, that three-point shot falling opens everything up for him. We've talked about it. The confidence, just the energy, everything for Wiggins needs to knock down those threes. Also, an interesting note, uh, since we're talking about threes, Draymond Green, he's still not made a three-pointer in the second half of a game this entire season. I don't know how many he's made total, but he's shooting 40% from three. And I want to say he's made close to like somewhere above 35 threes on the season would be my best guess. None of them in the second half, which I like. It's it's very much seems that that's, a, that's intentional. It's a plan. If it's there early in the game, we're going to take it. If it's there end of shot clock, you'll take it. But really in clutch time and when it matters most, we're not going to take that shot because we know it's not a true 40% shot. Let's let's be real. It's going to be there if we need it, but we can get other things and we have been getting better shots in the second half when we need those possessions most. 
So I like it. Really good decision making and shot selection, Draymond. Looking ahead. Wow. Well, Warriors take their five game winning streak back home against the LA Clippers, who were in first place in the West. I think they, having lost to the Timberwolves last night, they dropped to second. But nevertheless, Clippers, a very, very good team right now. Their offense is clicking. Harden, Kawhi Leonard, um, Paul George really going strong in the starting lineup. And then Westbrook coming off the bench. I'm very much looking forward to how we match up on defense athletically. Uh, the Kaminga guarding Kawhi Leonard matchup should be fun to watch because I think athletically they're very similar build and, and, and type of player. And then I want to see GP2 guarding Russell Westbrook. I think GP2 is going to eat him alive. Westbrook is obviously just an, uh, an athletic guy. He doesn't provide much spacing, really dribble, dribble penetration reliant, and that's what GP2 denies most. I can't wait to see that. That battle of athletes should be fun to watch. After that, back-to-back -back game, we go right back to Utah. It's one of the makeup games from when we were on, on leave. So we we squeezing in this third game in four days and what is it? It's I think like seven games in 10 days or something crazy before heading into the all-star break. So let's at least get a split out of these two games, but I really want to get these Clippers. This is a good barometer measuring stick of where we're at. The Clippers have been one of the hottest teams in the league. If we can win this, I think the Warriors are legitimately, legitimately championship contenders with the way they've been playing and you can make the argument no team is playing better in the nba right now than the golden state warriors oh good work you guys we're we're, we're getting out of this weekend without too much pain in our hearts unless you're a raiders fan then you're you just had a great weekend but this is the san francisco podcast of what up Great job, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Keep enjoying the, the fun ride that the Warriors are on. It's nice to be back. Let's continue to keep it going. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I'm Christian, and until next time, peace, love, and stacking dubs. <laughs>